0: Welcome to 100 Not Out, a completely unabridged version, may I say. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to bring on the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother, the dead set legend himself, the guru of life, love, wellness, inspiration. What more can I say? How big can this intro be? Dr. Damien
1: Briscoff. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Mate, thank you for that great introduction. It's amazing because I actually, I listened for the little um, what are you going to throw in there bit. Um, it does make me feel quite uncomfortable. Anyway, interesting, interesting. Uh, mate, we've been chatting a lot lately um, and you've become incredibly fascinated, more fascinated with challenge in people's lives and in particular the Holocaust and, uh, and the Holocaust survivors and and how they got through it, and you know, I recall in our know, early days of One Hundred Not Out, um, how fascinated you were with the ability for people to move on and forgive, and uh, and and I think that's that's been a key. Uh, it's part of your fabric is this forgiveness, this ability to move on and to put things in perspective. You know, how bad are things really when you've got things that were that bad only fifty years ago um, mm. or sixty years ago? You know, so. I'd love to learn more about what makes you tick in that regard because I know that in our next interview we're interviewing a, a holocaust survivor um you've just watched a movie um Ashalev oh no, not Ashalev um Schindler's List and uh, and obviously that's it sparked it struck a chord with you and I'd love to know what it is about this particular subject this particular period in the evolution of the world that why why does it um, really pull you? Why does it really uh, create momentum for you? What's, what's actually going on there?
0: The only, I'm going to give you the answer in, in the version of a story. I okay. don't know if it's going to answer it, but here, here goes. All right. So Schindler's List was made by Steven Spielberg and in 1994, I think it was. Now, before that, an Australian author who we will interview on 100 Not Out by the name of Tom Keneally, who was in his 80s, he's written over 30 books, is in San Francisco and he goes to a luggage store to uh, either get an um, improvement made to his withering briefcase or to buy a new briefcase. Anyway, the owner of the luggage store is a survivor of the Holocaust, Mr. Pfefferberg or Pfefferberg, I forget if it's a silent P or not, but um, Leopold Page or Leopold Pepperberg is the owner of this luggage store and Leopold for many years has been chewing the ear off of anyone that walks into his store who has the slightest association with the film industry, is an author, or is in the uh, creation of, uh, of, of storytelling uh, because at, up until this point, the story of Schindler's List has never been shared with the world. And so Leopold Page, Leopold Fepperberg is, is trying to get this story out there. So Tom Keneally in the middle of a business trip goes in to get his briefcase fixed or buys a new one, whatever. And Leopold succeeds pretty much at convincing Tom Keneally that this is a story worth telling. So what this little thin thread of just going in to get your briefcase fixed turns into a massive massive shift in humanity because what happens, they go to Krakow in Poland, they do their research trip to write this story. Tom Keneally writes the book, which is known as Schindler's Ark, and this book becomes a global phenomenon, lands on the desk of Steven Spielberg, who contemplates making the movie. Spielberg buys the rights to the movie, but then in his own words, doesn't have the maturity or the uh, uh, it's too deep for him at this point of his career. So Spielberg trades Schindler's List with Martin Scorsese. Says, Scorsese, you make Schindler's List and I think Scorsese gave him Cape Fear, I think it was. But then uh, Spielberg uh, had a change of heart and he took Schindler's List back and he makes the movie Schindler's List. Schindler's List goes on to win eight Academy Awards. But here's what's even bigger the movie has such an impact on Spielberg that he decides to create a foundation called the Shoah Foundation, which tells the story of as many survivors of the Holocaust that people can find. And so the Shoah Foundation travels the world interviewing over 56,000 survivors of the Holocaust. Amazing. All because of an Australian author who went to San Fran and into a luggage store to get his briefcase fixed.
1: Don't you think that's just phenomenal? It's amazing. It's amazing. I do. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And that's... um you know, again, that's the whole. That's the butterfly effect. That's the uh, ripple. That's the pebble in the pond. You know, that's it's amazing how that takes place. You told a story the other day when we were in the car. I was driving, and uh, and and you spoke about um, the the mold, the ring mold. Um, yes. And and I, that really was uh, incredible to me. That um, that somewhere here in Melbourne. Um, you know, can you tell the story? Tell the story because yep. it's yeah, just, yeah. it's a so, fascinating thing. It's incredible. Yep.
0: So so what so so after I've watched this movie and I will I will answer this question about forgiveness, but after I watch this movie and and it might seem crazy, but my journalistic mind will be with me forever. So whenever I, I read a book or I watch a movie, I am just so curious to find out what's happened to people in the movie or the book and, and you know, their history and all the rest of it. So I find out just in my in my browsing the internet that um if you've watched Schindler's List, and please, listeners, and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. We'll have a, I'm sure it will have a profound impact on you. Having said that, I don't think Sarah could watch it because blood and guts and the, the phase of parenting that Sarah that she cannot – she does not watch any death. She's, a, she's
1: rom-com, right? She's all about rom-com.
0: Uh, it's rom-com city in our Absolutely. place. Absolutely. So this was a a solo experience for me. But um, so Schindler's List, at the very end of the movie, the the Schindler Jews, the factory workers, present Oscar Schindler with a ring. And um, this ring was made by a master jeweler in the Schindler factory, and his name was Joseph Gross. Joseph Gross. He made this ring. He made the mold. Um, It was made out of solid gold. Now, in the movie, they actually pulled the tooth out of a Schindler Jew, let's say that he had a gold, golden filling, and they melted down the filling, and 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 turned that into the ring. Now I don't know exactly how they made this um, ring in the factory, but the model was made out of lead pipe, and they made they used cuttlefish to make the mold, um, and then they uh, with a channel to pour the lead into the cuttlefish. Anyway, that's by the by. But anyway, uh, Joseph Gross. Um, after the Holocaust, eventually moved to Melbourne, and and Joseph Gross died in Melbourne. Um, he may have been one of the last Schindler Jews in Australia to pass away, but um, his son uh, Louis was um, uh, uh, looking at all of the, you know, like his dad's belongings, and opened up a little box, and there was this mold, and he, and he thought it was just. Another, I don't know, like a trinket or something. Anyway, um, he realised that this was the lead mould used to create the ring that was given to Oscar Schindler as a thank you gift for saving upwards of 1,100 lives in the Holocaust. And this ring now lives in Melbourne, in the in the Jewish Holocaust Centre in Melbourne. In Elsternwick. Um,
1: in Alstonwick. just yeah, around the corner. So, yeah,
0: just around the corner. It's so. Just, you know, just these phenomenal stories. And then so... So the know, forgiveness thing,
1: right? I was going to jump because yep. I know you're like eight minutes into answering this question. It should be a short <laughs> answer. So um, uh, forgiveness for you is a really big deal. It's a, it's a big deal. And I think, you know, most people realize that uh, hanging on to stress or hanging on to hurt or whatever it is, um, pain as a result of, um, of of something that went wrong, hanging on to all of that is dangerous, potentially toxic. Some people link it to cancer, heart disease, chronic disease, all that sort of stuff. But for you, forgiveness, you, you have a sense of happiness that kind of washes over everything that you do, Marcus Pierce. You know, you, your smile is beautiful. You, you really bring this happiness, this lightheartedness. And, but you do have this thing of forgiveness, like very, very quickly you forgive. What's, what's all that about?
0: Well, I just think that forgiveness is the hardest thing to do, which means it's the first thing to do. Because if you don't forgive, you can do all these other easy things. Um, and I see this so much in people. It's, they're doing everything else except forgiving, almost hoping that that is
1: enough. Yeah, like taking turmeric or um, <laughs> I don't want to forgive someone. I wasn't going to
0: say it. Yeah, well, you're not yeah. going to
1: forgive someone, so you're having a turmeric latte um, instead. Or, to
0: be mindful and calm yourself yeah, down. You're
1: doing and- yoga five or six times a week, but you're not really dealing with the issues. Yeah, um, yeah I, and this is.
0: And I don't want to make it personal. Like I'm not saying that it's. It, all I'm saying is that this is what I, I observe, and so I'm very selfish, and I just view that if I want to live my best life, um, my learnings and my my life and and the way I live, it's just so much. It's so much better for me and others. But it's so much better for me to forgive easily, and. There's a book, I don't know, I, I, my brother-in-law is reading it at the moment, and it's, uh, I love the title of the book, and, and many listeners have probably heard of it, called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F bomb You heard of this book, <laughs> yeah, the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-Bomb? Yeah,
1: I have, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, getting rave reviews around the world, and I just think that, it, it, that that's almost like the hipster mantra for forgiving easily, just to not give an F-Bomb. Um, and that's easier said than done. And I don't, I don't prescribe th- that. I'm, there's no way that I, I am, I am that way inclined. I do give an F bomb, but I just, um, I, like when, it, when I, I just remember that when I did a, I ran a, re- a retreat, um, for my mastery clients. I think it was a health mastery retreat, but they wrote a letter of forgiveness, and they were struggling to understand why a letter of forgiveness would be related to. Health mastery, and it was kind of as you said earlier that we we are learning more and more each day how much our mental, emotional, and spiritual health impacts our physical health. And we've just obviously we've spoken to the creators of Heal, um, uh, Kelly and Adam uh, about this, um, and we are learning more each day how much this this impacts us. And so um, when I ran this retreat, and I asked them to write a letter of forgiveness. You know. They found it so hard to do, Damo, and these are people that have done a lot of personal growth. And That's why I say like, forgiveness is the most difficult thing that I reckon anyone can do, but the most powerful, um, but because it's the hardest, is it something that, that we do? My view is it's definitely something to do more of, and there is no greater example, and I think his is why I'm so obsessed with the Holocaust, there's no greater example than the art of forgiveness in practice, than the holocaust and the survivors of the holocaust and the one thing which seems to be uh common to those survivors that have survived and thrived in life Mm -hmm. is they have um developed the art of forgiveness
1: and no it's not
0: didn't happen quickly that's just my my in parentheses. Mm. They didn 't forgive the day they left the you know Auschwitz or wherever they were
1: it's a It's a gradual um, thing it seems isn't it like it's a it 's a gradual 100%. thing to forgive someone because you can say the words, but deep down you've got to feel it and uh, and it 's going to take time to get there. It does take a little bit of time It
0: takes time, but it also takes a constant awareness. so my view is that people will go, "You know what um I forgive my mum, you know she she did this and she did that, and she did this and she did that. And I'll forgive my mom. And, and they might actually meditate on it or write in their journals or sip on their turmeric latte and really feel forgiveness in that moment. Mm. But then the next day their mom calls and they said, why are you doing this to your children and why are you doing that and why don't you call your father and when are you going to come and visit and all the rest of it? And all of a sudden all of those feelings come up again and you realize that the forgiveness isn't as strong as maybe you thought it was. Mm. And that's why I do have deep respect for Holocaust survivors because, you know, they they're, one, they're giving interviews a lot regularly. There seems to be a lot of schools, thankfully, mm. uh, teaching a lot of students about the Holocaust. But it's essentially their forgiveness is being tested every day and they are um seeing what's happening in the world mm. and recognizing that there's still a lot of genocides going on in the world. Mm. Um, and so they're being reminded of it on a daily basis, but they're still living their life with grace. And no, I'm gonna segue.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna segue because this yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah. this yeah. going on, I think we got the point. Forgive everybody. Forgive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna segue here. It was interesting, uh, because I was in the Uber yesterday and um and yeah, I, there was no stinking thinking, If fact, we were just reflecting, you know, me and the Uber driver we had about an hour together, driving from um, Rose Bay, a uh, beautiful part of Sydney, out to uh, Bella Vista, which is where I was having a meeting and um, driving out there and really nice kind of cool Uber guy, just reflecting on some stuff and the stuff they were reflecting on was quite interesting Anyway, he pulled out this amazing stat. It just kind of came from nowhere. He said, you know, but life's unbelievable. How good is life? You know, we're in Australia. What an incredible thing to have been picked to live in Australia. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, I had uh, one in 280 chance of being born in Australia. Okay, what? What do you mean by that? And he said, well, if you consider that we're, you know, particles from the cosmos and at some point we got chosen to be, you know, part of our parents' life um, and you consider that, Everyone's complaining about stuff. You know, they could be complaining about the cost of money, or not sending their kids to private school, or um, not having uh, enough money for the, you know, the turmeric latte upsize for fifty cents. Whatever it is, people are complaining about stuff. Like putting it into reality, and this comes back to the Holocaust. You know, you think about the things that these guys had to deal with and go through, and watch family members be slaughtered, and all of that. All of that horrendous. Um, time that they've then gone on to forgive he says i had one in 280 chance of being born in australia i said okay so tell me about that he said well if you get the population of the world and you divide it by the population of australia it's like 280 okay okay he said so when i was you know a particle in the cosmos and god said to me he said i don't believe in god but if you know god said to me pick a number between one and 280 and i picked 48 and that just happened to be australia um, and I got born into Australia, and I said, wow, that's uh, that's profound. Yeah. Like I hadn't thought of that before, you know, <laughs> like how lucky are we to be born into a, a, an area where, you know, hygiene's good, food's amazing, the weather's not bad in Melbourne, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's not awesome, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're very lucky to be in Australia, and then you count your blessings, and a lot of people get caught, you know, st- stuck in stinking thinking cranial oh, and my segue here is that yes it's important to forgive but it's also really important to remember how lucky you are to be in a great place
0: this is um i'm so glad you said that because there is i don't as, as you probably know i don't keep my eye on the global news my finger on the global news pulse all that much but um Every time I travel, and we had, a, we had chats about this after Icaria last mm, year, mm. Um, you get back home, and we all know there's no place like home, but you, you realise, you know, Australia is one of, if not the best country in the world, um, and we're very fortunate to live where we live. Um, but how is this for a politically incorrect statement from my mother, darling, which uh, I do love this statement, by the way. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> here we Uh-oh. go. Uh-oh. I'm about to get thrown under the bus here. Um, some people need a tragedy in their life. Yes, because their their stinking thinking has become so toxic that they have forgotten all of the wonderful things in their life. And sometimes it's only when a tragedy comes along that you actually realise how good you had it. Um, You look at again, why say what happened? You know, six million Jews died, and all of them are are humming along in their life. You know, jobs, family, money, all of the things. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. You realise you had it pretty good. So you're not going to complain about too much after that. The contrast or uh, the gratitude of contrast. Well, I, I remember the interview I did with you once, uh, I think it was the summit, the How Do You Fly Summit, and you spoke about uh, your upbringing and um, St. Vincent de Paul and yeah. the, bakers, the, uh, the Baker's Delight offcuts.
1: Yeah. Of it, it wasn't even Baker's Delight but it was uh, definitely uh, the – we used to get all the, the stale bread from the bakery from the day before or maybe a couple of days before brought to us in a garbage bag and it was already stale and rock solid. You could chuck it at someone and they'd get bruised. <laughs> <laughs> they but get concussed. They wouldn't pass the concussion test. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They'd be out for three weeks. And But we, uh, we actually would put it into the microwave and make it fresh again. But, you know, it's counting your blessing.
0: But that's the thing, the gratitude of contrast. And now you think of your life now and you think of Jackson's life and you think of the fresh bread. You think of the school and you think of, you know, the travels that he's been on. And I think just think the gratitude of contrast is is a wonderful that's just a wonderful way to feel great about yourself and the world and uh, where you sit in the world and your life because you know, there are so many so many people have they would kill for whatever it is you the listener have right now. They would just love your problems right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, if you keep on viewing them as problems, one, you're not going to feel any better about them. But two, um, you just get stuck in, in what do you call it? cranio digital rectalitis. That's the one. Um, <laughs> syndrome, just with stinking thing, and, and that benefits no one. Your kids yeah. don't like it. You don't like it. Your friends don't like it. Your yeah. colleagues don't like it. Your community doesn't like it. Yeah. I mean, anyone, whenever you get around someone in a, in a bad mood, like you don't want to be around them very long.
1: No. Nah. Absolutely. It's very easy to disengage and, and try to run away because you got to, you know, save yourself from that sort of situation. No one likes a toxic environment. No one, not, not any animal on the planet likes to be in danger. And, there's a difference, and this is important, I think, because again, just having spoken to
0: Kelly Noonan and Adam Shulmer from yes, Heal, there's a difference between stinking thinking and just being in a bad mood. Like the, the mantra to our kids is it's okay to be angry, it's not okay to be mean. Like if you're in a bad mood, get it out, yell, scream. Get it out, yeah. Better out than in. Better out than in, right? But don't be mean. Mm. Like don't go off talking to others and being disrespectful and everything else. There's no reason why your bad mood has to infiltrate everyone else's. Um, And the other thing, I don't know what you think about this, but the other thing I'm I'm attempting to teach my kids is if you're going to live with stinking thinking, like people, they're just not going to be magnetized to you. Like people don't want to hang around that type of environment and that type of belief system. 100%. So half the time, you know, the reason to um, have a great mental attitude towards life is for the people that it benefits around you, family, friends, and so on. It, it, it does make a difference. I have no doubt, and you said some beautiful things about me at the beginning of this podcast, demo, but I have no doubt that that makes our friendship stronger, knowing that when I call you, you know, you're going to get some overly enthusiastic to the, you know, to your ear off type thing, which is sometimes why maybe the call needs to be flicked because it's never a short conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no. you, you kind of want to know what you're gonna get from people and if and if you're if you're giving toxic energy, then people don't
1: want to get that. So mm, that mm. you know, I think I think that's a, a big a big part of it too. Good learnings in this little chat of ours. I like these little chats that we have, these little insights. I think they're good. I, you know, the feedback I got from the last little chat that we had was just beautiful. Huh? you know, Glad we're having these little chats. I'm glad that people get to hear what we're thinking. It's a it's a nice little direction for us to take, I reckon, with a hundred Not out, just to mix it up a little bit and just to, you know, involve people in our thoughts. It's great. So we talked to forgiveness, we talked about trauma, we talked about the randomness and the and the fortune that we've got to be living in such a great place. You know, if you listen to a podcast, you're doing pretty well.
0: Oh, that's you
1: know, such a good call. You know,
0: it's hey, speaking of, of changing it up a bit, I'll I'll give you a phone conversation chat on the air. mm put you um, just totally off the cuff. So I'm going to Sydney in a few weeks mm. um, and I'm going to make every effort to uh, take Eddie Jaku out for lunch and or visit the Jewish Museum. Nice. Um, and I don't know if you're around um, and if you've got any business that you might need to attend to in Sydney. Well, but we could even just okay. put it out to our listeners in our tribe mm. see if they might want to come on a 100 Knot Out Tour of the Jewish Museum led by the great Holocaust survivor, the 97 years young Eddie Jaku. Wow.
1: Wouldn't that be great? What day was that? Is that a Wednesday? Um, I think it's going to be a Thursday, which I was thinking might not work on your work front. Uh, no. um, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. that. But if people do want to come, get in touch with us. Um, yeah, leave us. I'll let people Facebook. know if it's
0: yeah. happening. I'll let people know. <clears throat> right. that way
1: good, good, nice, love it. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks again. Thanks for making the um, opportunity for this chat. Hope thanks for sharing your wisdom. Oh, no worries. Go and watch Schindler's List, folks. It'll <laughs> it'll have an impact on your life.
1: Well, now you're um, at it from different, you know, with different goggles. On. I think a lot of people saw it for the spectacle that it was, and it was a Steven Spielberg movie. And at the time, I think he just made ET, so it was kind of one of those big deals, you know, ET and Jurassic Park, but. Now, um, you've got some context around it. It's it's an even bigger deal. Yep, 100%. So, um, be more
0: in the show notes on this episode, guys. Uh, You can see that over at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out to learn more about the incredible work that the great Damien Christoph does, go over to DamienChristoff.com, myself, You Now, if you don't know about our longevity experience in Ikaria, the Greek island known as the island where people forget to die, head on over to 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Uh, you'll see the application form there, June 25 to July 4, 2018, 10 days in paradise. And until next time. As always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.
1: This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.